This morning, as Kyle said, it's the uh, fourth of our six-week series on road trip. And about two months ago, uh, we were all together in, in Kyle's office, and we were talking about uh, kind of mapping out this series. And he asked the question, he said, when you think about your road trip of faith, what comes to mind? Uh, so, again, the idea here is not just a vacation trip, but this road trip, this journey that we're on, chasing after Jesus, trying to become more and more like him, uh, becoming a follower, as we've been talking about. And when you think about that journey of faith, what comes to mind? And for me, um, it didn't take very long to realize that uh, the thing that comes to mind on my journey of faith is the people that God's placed uh, in my life. The people that I've met along the way in my journey, the people that were there when I began my journey. There's no doubt that I would not be where I am on my journey of faith if it were not for the people that God's placed around me. Uh, another fun thing about getting to do this and uh, kind of getting to share the stage with uh, the other pastors is we do get to share a little bit about ourselves. And, um, and some of you may not know that, uh, that I've been uh, serving here at Holland Chapel for 10 years and never even applied for the job. Never even, never even applied uh, to, to work here. And um, the people that God placed in my life have played a huge role in where I am today. All the way back from growing up at Southwest Missionary Baptist Church and uh, in, in Little Rock. And I had people in my family uh, raised me in church where the old rugged cross was hymn number 132, I believe. Actually, I just made that up. It sounds very familiar. I think it was, <laughs> I think it was 132. I know we had one of those placards at the front of the church with the numbers and you'd change it every week. And uh, I'm pretty sure that was it. But then we moved here in the fourth grade and Miss Judy Davis was my fourth grade Sunday school teacher. Uh, began uh, going through a vacation Bible school. Another thing about Southwest, I remember at vacation Bible school, we actually marched down the aisle singing Onward Christian Soldiers. I know, how many of you, everybody done that before at VBS? Yep, we did that, Onward Christian Soldiers, and we would march down the aisle to that. But we moved here in the fourth grade. Like I said, Miss Judy Davis and many of you also have taught me over the years. And um, then we moved off to uh, Brother Don Price, baptized me right there. Uh, last week we were with Garrett in the baptistry, and Dan said to Garrett, he said, uh, Garrett, this is the same place that, that, uh, that Uncle Nick and I were baptized, and Don Price baptized me here at Holland Chapel. Um, moved off to college in Jonesboro, went to ASU, and it was there that I think uh, Kyle and some of the other guys have made fun of some of my wild days of spending money at the buffets and the movie theaters. It was kind of my wild days and wild hairs at, in Jonesboro. I didn't get too crazy. But what I did do is I kind of took a little bit of vacation from... They're still laughing at me over here. Just wait. I'll show you a good time sometime. What I did uh, do is uh, kind of let my guard down, so to speak, the first few weeks. Uh, and this is where the people really come into play in my life. I, I didn't get plugged into a church I didn't seek after a campus ministry. Some of you are parents of seniors, and I would highly encourage you to do what someone did in my life for me uh, in the beginning of September of 1996. And that was, I got a phone call from a man named Chad Graves, and Chad called me up, and, he, and I was in my dorm room. Hadn't been to church yet, hadn't been uh, to the, the Missionary Baptist Student Fellowship or any uh, uh, ministry there on campus. And he calls me up and he says, hey, is this Nick? And I said, yes, it is. And he said, someone uh, that you know called me. His name was Jay Jacobs. And Jay Jacobs was my youth pastor here. And, and Jay called up to Jonesboro and said, you need to go find Nick Calloway and get him involved in uh, your ministry there. And so uh, Chad calls me up and, and said that 
I, we had never met each other before. In fact, um, met at a pizza hut or a pizza inn there, and uh, didn't even know what each other looked like. Kind of just noticed the two guys that were standing around looking for somebody, and that's how we met. And it was because of Jay Jacobs took the initiative to call up there because he cared about me. Uh, God had placed him in my life, and he called to Jonesboro and said, "Go snag Nick Calloway and don't let him be lazy." Uh, use him in your ministry. And so it was through my college years that I really fell in love with the church, got highly involved in the MBSF and began to travel all over the state to, to promote the MBSF and to raise funds for it. And um, just really felt the call to ministry uh, in, in that, those years in Jonesboro. And then we moved back here um, when we had our son, Will. And again, just kind of uh, went to work. I went to work in the church. I was working in Awana. I was teaching Sunday school, uh, but didn't really know what God had in mind for my life. Didn't really have a direction, so to speak, a career path. Um, Jason Talent came in 2007, and I hadn't even met him yet um, when he called me in, I believe it was April or May of 2007. And again, we had never met before. He calls me and he says, hey, I'm Jason Talent. I'm the new pastor at Holland Chapel. And he said to me, he said, uh, we don't have a, a, currently have a youth pastor. Brother Jay had just moved on, moved home to DeWitt. Um, and so never met this guy before. Jason Talent, he calls me and he says, hey, we don't have a youth pastor. And I'm told by one of our church members who I also haven't met, uh, Jason hadn't met Paul Lashley. And he says, he says, Paul Lashley called me and says, you need to get Nick Calloway to, to work with the students at Holland Chapel. And so, again, the people that God placed in my life is really a major reason for why this December will be 10 years I've been serving here at Holland Chapel, having the time of my life, uh, loving uh, what the Lord is doing through his church and, and what I'm able to be a part of. And it was because of the people that God placed in my life. No doubt would not be where I am uh, had someone hadn't stepped in, uh, Paul Lashley so, or, or anyone else in this room who's made a huge impact in my life, to call and say, hey, get Nick Calloway. Go find Nick Calloway. Use Nick Calloway. And so that's why when Kyle asked the question, what do you think of on your journey of faith? I think of the people. And regardless of where you are on your road trip of faith, uh, uh, no matter where you are, if you're at the beginning, if you're at the end, if you've been traveling, chasing after Jesus for 60, 80 years, certainly you can think of people who've made a great impact on your life. There's no doubt your mind's probably flooded right now with, with people, with memories, with people who have helped you along the way. You can think of dozens, probably, of people who have given you roadside assistance. That's the name that Luke came up with for today. Uh, I love it. Uh, roadside assistance. Maybe you were just getting started and you needed someone to speak some truth into you, maybe to share Jesus with you, or maybe uh, you were kind of sputtering along the way and you needed someone to come and encourage you and build you up, and send you on your way, or maybe you started veering off that path, and maybe you started going down a wrong road, and somebody came and got you back on the road that you need to be on. Whether you thought about giving up, whether you need to be on the right track, you know exactly what I'm talking about, people who have given you roadside assistance. Throughout the Bible, we read story after story after story of men and women of faith receiving Roadside assistance. And just a couple, just to name a, a, a two or three here. First Samuel 23, 16. Jonathan and David were dear friends. And Jonathan, it says, went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith. Jonathan wasn't there to give David roadside assistance. Who knows where he would have been. Jethro told the band, I was going to get to quote Jethro this morning. And not the Beverly Hillbilly. Uh, he is in the Bible. It's Moses' father-in-law. 
And he says to Moses in Exodus chapter 18, Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice. Who knows what would have become of Moses had Jethro not been there to give him advice. And Mordecai convinced Esther not to detour. She was getting ready to detour from God's plan. Chapter 4 of Esther until Mordecai comes along and says, Hey, look, this is where you need to be. Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Paul's life is full of examples of people who gave him roadside assistance. And he models how I believe that we should react to those people in our lives. Now, throughout Paul's writings, you'll find very similar passages to this. Uh, what we're going to read in Romans chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 8. You'll find him speaking um, to groups of people throughout the New Testament like this. But I believe uh, Romans chapter 1 kind of puts it all together for us to, to learn a lesson from. He's actually speaking here to a group of people that he's never met before. And he's already speaking highly of this group of people. Look at verse uh, number 8. It says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve with my whole heart in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness to how, con- how I constantly remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be made open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. The first thing we notice that Paul does with these these people who have uh, made such an impact on his life, even in this case before he met them, uh, but I think we'll see uh, throughout the next few minutes here that he's talking to a much broader group of people. He's speaking to a much bigger uh, group of people throughout the New Testament. He does this, but he recognizes those people. He recognizes those people. Verse 8 says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Now, before you read all of you and you think, well, I've been recognized before, and that's not much recognition because that's, that's pretty broad, right? All of you. He thanks God for all of you. So uh, maybe Paul needs a lesson on what recognition really means. Now flip over to, now hold your spot, but flip to chapter 16. It's the last chapter in Romans. Let's see how he recognizes some folks. I thought about reading this passage, but quite honestly, there's a whole bunch of names in it I didn't want to study on how to say. Chapter 16, I'm going to read a few of them through here. In verse 2, he's speaking of someone, and he says, For she has been a great help to many people, including me. Verse 4, they risked their lives for me. Verse 6, she worked very hard for you. Verse 7, they are outstanding among the apostles. Verse 12, those women who work hard in the Lord. And again, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Look at verse 13. And his mother, who has been a mother to me too. He's recognizing the people who have made a difference in his life. He's recognizing the people who impacted his life. I I actually Googled to try to find out how many people Paul thanked in his letters and couldn't find the answer. And so I just started counting. And I quit counting at 50. Um, A a large number of them, 20-somethings right there in Romans. But as you read through the rest of the New Testament, he mentions over 50 people in his letters. Why do you think he spends so much of his time Thanking people. This verse on your screen, 1 Corinthians 16, 18. Paul also said this. He said, For they refreshed my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. 
They, res- they refreshed his spirit. And he said, these kind of people deserve to be recognized. These kind of people deserve recognition. Now, Paul typically uh, lumped them all together. And he would send a letter to the church. And he would say, greet this person who did this, this person who did this, this person who did this. And, and he would send them a kind of a lump uh, group there in a letter. And he didn't have any other way. We um, have much better tools to thank those people who have uh, impacted our life. We have a, a great deal of tools to recognize those people who have been there for us on our journey. Things like the telephone. Pick up the telephone and call them. Social media. Uh, write an individual letter. See, Paul couldn't write it to all the people. They didn't have the mail system that we do, obviously. And so, But we can send. Miss Claire Price sits there and she writes letters. Um, you go to her, her house. She's one of our shut-ins. She's in her high 80s. And, and she sits there and she writes cards to people who have impacted her life. You go see her, and I bet you within a week you'll have a letter from her. She, she, writes a, she writes a card to you right then. Sometimes uh, Luke, Luke lets you in on a little secret, some, some preaching secrets last week, and I'll let you in on another one. Sometimes um, as I'm preparing for a sermon, I wonder, God, is this, the, is this what you want me to share? Is this, is this the message that you want me uh, to spend that, that amount of time on Sunday morning sharing with those people who have come to hear a message from you? This week, I was thinking the same thing. I was wondering, is, is this it? Is this it? And I want you to know, and I don't say this to, 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 uh, to brag on myself in any way. I want you to know, uh, one, that this is the message that God's got for you today. But two, uh, that it does work and that it is encouraging. Thursday, I'm driving down the road, and my daughter Kate's beside me, and my phone rings, and this name pops up, and I kind of hold it out. And, and Kate and I both at the same time said to ourselves, or actually said out loud, wonder what he wants, wonder what in the world he wants. Somebody I hadn't talked to in three years on Thursday called to, to tell me that he was going into a ministry and wanted to thank me for the investment that I had made in his life. That was Thursday. Friday, Friday, I'm sitting at my desk, again, working on the sermon, and I get a message, text message, Friday. And it says, I have been having Bible study with my brothers for two weeks now, and as long as I keep uh, faith in Christ and walk the walk, I see it rubbing off on them. Thank you so much for being a strong person in my life. And that's not just to me. That's to Jay Hansen. I see Miss Connie. I don't see Jay. But it was to Jay Hansen. It's also to Bobby Mansfield. Also to my brother Dan as a man in our basketball ministry. Friday. I get that. So I want to share that with you guys. Then last night, I'm up here. And, uh, and again, in the office, actually typing out the notes. Phone buzzes. Tenth grade student. She's moving to California in the morning, or actually today, she's moving to California and wanted to thank uh, the students for accepting her and for being such a positive influence in her life. So I say that to say, this is the message that God wants uh, us to, uh, to be reading this morning. This is the, 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 the message that he wants you to get this morning, to recognize the people who have made an impact in your life. You would not be where you are today if it wouldn't for, be for the people who God placed Around you. Look at verse number nine. Back to Romans chapter one. Verse number nine. God, who I serve with my whole heart in preaching the gospel of his son, is my witness how I constantly remember you in my prayers at all times. He says, I constantly remember you. You'll find this same passage, a uh, very similar passage uh, to the group at, uh, in Ephesians, also to the group in Philippians. He writes it individually to Timothy and to Philemon. But as he writes this and he says, I constantly remember you in my prayers at all times. I've got to believe 
because of the attitude with which Paul writes, because of how grateful he is in the, to the people in his life, I've got to believe and feel very confident that Paul's also thinking often of those people who helped get his journey started. Think back to the beginning of Paul's life, and I think about the people who made a huge impact right from the very beginning, maybe Ananias. I think when he's thinking about uh, those people and praying for those people who have impacted his life, he's got to think about Ananias, the guy who the very first person he saw when his sight was restored. Or maybe he's thinking of the friends who helped him escape out of the wall in the city of Damascus because it was getting kind of hot in there and they were kind of coming after him and they were, they were getting ready to capture him. And so he had some friends that, that saved his life. Maybe he's thinking about Barnabas who had to go into the room before him when he went to the apostles because he had such a terrible reputation of uh, persecuting Christians. And so Barnabas goes in to speak for Paul on Paul's behalf. And I'm sure that when he's saying, I think constantly of you and I pray constantly for you, he's thinking of Barnabas. God, I believe he's thinking of the men in the church of Antioch that I think it's Acts chapter 13 tells us about that they put their hands on Paul and Barnabas and, and prayed and sent them off, uh, probably much like we would do at an ordination service, and sent them out to be uh, missionaries. Surely Paul is not only thinking of these churches, not only thinking of these people that he writes to, but his mind is flooded with people who have made an impact on his life. But check this out. He not only thanked them, you know, he wrote to them in the letters. He not only thanked them, but he, he thanked God for the impact that they made on his life. Ephesians 1, 16, I think it's going to be on the screen. It says, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. As I said earlier, many of you in here have given me roadside assistance. And sure, it would, it would encourage you if I went up to you and, and said, hey, I just want you to know what a, what a huge role you've played in my life. And I thank you, and I ought to do that. And it, and, it, and it would encourage you, and it would. But how much more I can do for you? I can do far better than that when I go to pray to the God of the universe on your behalf and ask him to continue to bless you and give you opportunities to do that for other people. If you look through Paul's letters, he, he, he prays uh, for them to have wisdom and insight and continue to experience the grace of God. So sure, we should go and, and acknowledge those people and recognize those people. But if we remember in our prayers, we can be far better for them. We can do far more uh, for them. Look at uh, verse 11 and 12. It says, I long to see you. So that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. That you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Paul wants to give back. He's not just hoarding up this roadside assistance. He wants to turn around and give back and encourage others. He doesn't want to just take that for himself and not go out and share it with other people. So the third thing we've got to do is we've got to respond to that. We've got to respond to these people in our life by uh, not making their assistance for nothing. But we're going to go out and we're going to do that for other people. We're going to go out and share that with other people. Do you think that um, Ananias, those friends who helped him escape, the church at Antioch, do you think all those people, how encouraged were they? Mutually encouraged, Paul writes. How much more do you think they were mutually encouraged when he goes back and he tells them, Story after story after story tells him about a slave girl who he cast a demon out of. Tells him about the people who were healed simply by touching his handkerchief. Tells them about the Philippian jailer who, who his whole family came to Christ. 
tells them about all the, the, the countless number of people and lives who were changed because of Paul's ministry. You think it mutually, you think it encouraged Ananias? You think it, uh, the guy who he was once a little bit leery about helping out because of his reputation and, and God speaks to him and says to go and get Saul and, and touch him and his, and his sight was restored. And How do you think it made Ananias feel when he heard story after story of Paul and a people that Paul had, had touched and changed uh, their lives through the gospel of Jesus Christ? Respond by giving roadside assistance of your own. I've come across this picture this week. Um, one of our church members, Miss Jessica Hamilton. Surprise. <laughs> She had people invest in her life. And she makes a Facebook post about uh, now she's gone to training for Financial Peace University. And she's ready to uh, give back. She's ready to invest in others. She wants to pass that on to other people. That's the kind of response that I'm talking about. We've all been impacted by the people that God's placed on our journey. Everyone in this room. There's somebody that God's placed in your path, in your journey that has helped you get from point A to point B, and you could not be there were it not for those people that God placed in your life. How will you respond to that? What do you do with that? If you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear this, because this should, this should spur us on for uh, tomorrow, for this afternoon, for next week. Uh, I read somewhere, life is not a series of accidents. I said that God placed them on your journey. God placed them on your journey. Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do the good works which he prepared in advance for us to do. God placed these people on your journey. Life is not a series of accidents, it's a series of appointments. It's not a series of accidents. You don't sit by the person that you sit by at work by accident. You don't uh, eat lunch with that person by accident. Teachers, those students aren't going to be in your class by accident. Students, those peers aren't going to be in your class by accident. Life's a series of of appointments, and they're appointments with people who need roadside assistance on their journey of faith. The people in your life aren't there by accident. You need to recognize them, remember them, respond to them. That's our challenge. That's our goal. That's what, um, that's what I believe that we can take from Paul's writings and realize that we're all in the same boat, that we've all had people change our lives, impact our lives, so what do we do with them? Paul gives us a great example of how to respond to those people. And I, and I want to challenge you this morning to look for those appointments in your life. Look for those people that God's placed there, not by accident. A few next steps for you to consider this morning. Number one is simply thank someone. Thank someone who's given you assistance, whether it's by a phone call, whether it's by a text, whether it's by a letter, whether it's face-to-face. Thank somebody who's invested in you. Trust me, it will be encouraging to them and it will spur them on to do it for someone else. Number two, take advantage of opportunities. Take advantage of opportunities to impact someone else's journey. Some of you, tomorrow is the first day of school. You're going to get a lot of new opportunities. You're going to have a lot of new appointments in front of you tomorrow. Whether you're a coach, whether you're a student, whether you're a parent, and maybe your schedule is going to, you're going to be standing by some other parents in the car, car walk-up line. You're going to, we're all, all, many of us in this room's uh, lives are going to change and get new routines tomorrow. And those new routines are going to bring uh, appointments. They're going to bring people in our life that we're going to see uh, on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday. And I need you to realize that it's not by accident. Sometimes we think that, we're, especially me, I'm, I'm 
I'm heavy on the kids and the students in their, in their classrooms and realize, hey, students, those other students aren't there by accident. But maybe as parents, we need to realize, hey, those students aren't in my, in my kids' class by accident because I'm going on field trips with these other parents. I'm standing in line by these other parents. I'm talking to these other parents all the time. So maybe that's an appointment for us as well. Maybe for some of you, it's an old routine. And you need to be reminded, that, hey, this is not by accident. You just need to be, to be reminded that I'm, I'm at work here for a reason. I'm, I go there for a reason. So take advantage of opportunities. And number three, maybe today you've heard us say over and over and over again about this journey of faith. And you need to start your journey. You need to begin your journey. You need to realize that all those songs that we sang earlier about the wonderful cross and the old rugged cross and the love that, that died for me, They're all about Jesus Christ, and that's who we're on this journey chasing after. They're all about the guy who's uh, offered his life for our sin, and now we're trying as best we can to follow him, and that's the journey that we're talking about, and you need to realize that you need Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, and maybe that's the step that you got to take today. There's probably people that God's placed in your life around you that have done things like invite you here to church, that have done things like share the gospel with you, that are waiting on you to start that journey, and they're the ones that are pushing you, and they're impacting your life already, and you don't even realize it. Maybe today you need to start your journey. We're going to have an invitation in just a moment, and here's the invitation. All three of those things. You can take care of all those things uh, during this invitation. Maybe you're a teacher, faculty Um, administration, maybe your student, and you need to come down here and you need to pray earnestly that God would help you to open your eyes to these opportunities that you're going to begin to see even tomorrow. Maybe you need to go somewhere and and thank somebody, pat them on the back. Maybe you need to send a quick text message. Or maybe you need to come down here and let me explain to you how you can make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Whatever it is this morning that you need to take care of, I pray that you would do it. As Keaton and the band sing, would you pray with me?